The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you seeking more energy and ready to have more healings and revealings in your life? Then you've tuned into the right program. For the next hour, listen in as Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, shares with you tools you can use to transform your life. She will guide you on a journey to create a life that is intentional and dynamic. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And hello, everyone, all of you intentional spirits. Um, it's so such a pleasure to be with you. I'm always so excited to partake and be part of this show and and just connect with all of you. Um, so many of you are dedicated to being a difference maker on the planet. And I know many of you that tune in, especially on Facebook Live, um, I know the kind of work that you're doing in the world, and it's uh, absolutely tremendous. I do think it's appropriate while we're all gathered today and while we're all connected that we continue to see the water receding in Texas and Louisiana. I know that many of us that are light workers and healers, we're putting some intention in that, that we see um, the efforts of the teams and people coming together and helping people rebuild and supporting each other in love and grace, and um, that's what we're doing. We're holding the high wash for all of our brothers and sisters and all our animals that are in Texas and Louisiana. Well, we love it when we hear about organizations that are making a difference, when we um, look at organizations that are committed to um, engage spirituality, um, social activism in a way that's proactive instead of um, reactive. And we are so fortunate today that we have as our guest, Reggie Craig. He's representing Celebrate Outreach. And they are committed and dedicated to preventing and ending homelessness. So let's give them, all of you join me in giving them a great big round of applause. That is so, so powerful. Reggie, welcome to our show today. It's a pleasure to have you. Yeah, thank you, and thanks for having me. Absolutely. So uh, give us some background um, on your organization. Um, how long have you been in existence? Is there a story behind why, why you came together, why your name is to celebrate outreach? I mean, I know it's a cry universally that all of us are more dedicated to the concept of not just talking about outreach, but actually reaching out and doing something with it. Um, how did your organization start? Sure. Um, in 2007, uh, Dr. John Paul, who was uh, with the Episcopal Church, St. Peter's in downtown St. Petersburg, um, was recognized that there was a, an immediate need right at, at the doorsteps of the downtown churches, and that was the, the homeless uh, population. So he decided to see if there was some interest in, in taking some, some real action 
and put out a uh, request to uh, all the churches in the immediate downtown area to get together and see what we could come up with to form an organization uh, that would address some of the the issues that were literally on our doorstep. Mm -hmm. So he did that, and the result was uh, Celebrate Outreach. That was in 2007, and uh, we're an interfaith uh, organization of downtown churches and committed volunteers. That's not to say that everybody comes from a downtown church, but uh, the surrounding area, primarily St. Petersburg. And over the years, we've uh, done everything from direct outreach uh, to uh, different uh, fundraisers um, uh, to find ways to uh, help alleviate uh, homelessness. Our mission is ultimately to prevent and end homelessness. And uh, that's a big, big mission, and there's a lot of parts to that. Uh, but we have uh, Friday night and Saturday morning, we have meals for the uh, downtown community that are hungry. And we've done that for the last uh, 10, 10 years or so. And uh, we continue to uh, do direct outreach wherever we can. And that's on a one-on-one -on -one with uh, people as they come to us with their needs. Of course, we're, as I said, we're small grassroots organization, so uh, we're limited somewhat in our abilities, but uh, a lot of it is just listening and and uh, dehumanizing or humanizing a, a population that's been marginalized and over the years and so forth. Currently, uh, one of our programs is the Tiny Tiny Homes program that is designed to actually build small homes on surplus lots in the city of St. Petersburg. Um, they would be um, around 400 square feet or so. And our target um, folks would be homeless vets at this point. So that's, that's one of the programs that we're putting a lot of energy into right now. Well, I I really I agree with you. I think it's bold to have a mission statement where it says you are dedicated to preventing and ending homeless. But I don't know about you, but in my lifetime, I'm ready for some holy bold people um, because if we don't claim it, um, we, we eventually do grow into our mission statement. You know, we do because you're setting a, a precedent and you're setting a standard. And that's very powerful. Uh, spiritually speaking, I would like to, um, to first of all, honor uh, the awareness. It's, it's what I teach a lot is that, you know, people will go to seminars or workshops or programs all over the world and talk about being more spiritual or wanting to fulfill their purpose when they can walk right outside or across the street and the needs are calling their name. You know what I mean? And so I'm, I'm grateful to all of you that you addressed what is right in your backyard because you don't have to look far, you know, to something that has your name on it that people can collectively get together on. And I applaud you from that. And I also encourage our, our Facebook listeners to also put in comments and questions and things uh, related to your organization and or their own experiences 
with with homelessness. Homelessness, in my humble opinion, is is likened to the the word alcoholism, because uh, in some people's minds and hearts, there's still this old image of forever ago when we used to say, look at those people over there who seem to not have care in the world and they don't really care about where they're at. And a lot of people, I think, still hold on to that, that image, that idea, that identification, where we know now that alcoholism has very little to do with a person's personality. It has everything to do with a disease or an allergy. I like to call it an allergy, and I can speak about it as an expert because I am entering next month's uh, 30 years sobriety. But in that conversation, I think that we we get desensitized, right, Reggie, uh, to the word alcoholism yeah. or the word homelessness. Like we get desensitized. I was recently in New York. And there were people talking about their neighborhood and, you know, well, we love our neighborhood, but, you know, we have a problem because we have to cross over uh, people lying on their mattresses on the street. I wish they would move somewhere else, right? I wish they would move somewhere else rather than, well, maybe I could be a part in the change. Um, I applaud you for the work you're doing, and I I don't want to... uh, monopolize our our conversation because I I want to dedicate so much of it to hearing what you think and feel. But to me, that's been a huge thing is people don't understand homelessness. I worked with the Homeless Coalition for a period of time here in Pinellas County. People don't understand that it's one word being used for a whole lot of things. Yeah, that's correct. It has a really a, a negative connotation to it, and in many cases, uh, you just it's uh, people are impoverished, and they have because of circumstances that are getting certainly worse economically for uh, are reduced to homelessness, um, and that is a prevailing attitude that. Uh, Someone who is is homeless is is likened to be a bum, an alcoholic, a drug addict, and that's true. That, but it's a very small percentage of folks that that have have addiction problems. Uh, what we see is uh, we're seeing more of is is uh, older people that can't afford housing, and and younger people that uh, can't afford housing. As uh, as we all know in St. Petersburg, the the cost of housing is is gone up exponentially and has displaced a lot of people. And the solution to homelessness is homes. And the the prevailing attitude seems to be just like you mentioned that uh, will they're unsightly and we'll move them to another location. That's where some of these large scale. Uh, transitional, if you will, shelters, Safe Harbor and Pinellas Hope are, and they're they're located outside the city and and services as well. We've one of our uh, one of our um, objects of uh, to do is to help people understand to to kind of erase the line of them and us and our our Friday night dinners and. Uh, Saturday morning breakfasts help help do that. Where where 
we're we're serving yes we're serving folks uh as they come in who are hungry but also we're getting to know them on on a more human level and i think that's what's lacking with a, with a lot of folks and and their observations or experience with homelessness is that they haven't they haven't humanized it it's it's something that's uh, kind of foreign and but they're all we're all have the possibility of becoming homeless and uh so that's one of our missions is to kind of educate folks as well. Well, I I just um, am so impressed with your organization. And um, one of the questions would be, uh, if people are in other cities, can they also get involved with your organization? Is it is it limited to um, St. Petersburg only? Well, right now, yes, but we we love to share ideas and the tiny homes project. We've gotten a lot of uh, input from from other people around the country because that that in particular got more press. That's kind of a hot hot item now. People are are interested in little little houses. I guess there's a television program that that's pretty popular that talks about them. And uh, the homes we're presenting though are not not kind of the cute little homes on wheels. These are permanent, uh, integrated into the community homes that are under 400 square feet uh, that um, would be permanent. And uh, like I said, integrated into the community. So it's not like you have a separate little community of uh, isolated community of, for lack of a better word, wheeled houses. Uh, they're they're permanent and uh, sustainable. Well, it, we also uh, know, and our, our friend Vandana is with us, and um, many blessings to you, is also reminding us in, in the comment section that when people are moved by uh, this show, uh, because it doesn't only run today, it gets shared. Uh, the intentional people listening share it all over the world. Um, you're always open to um, people making a, a donation, that's for sure. And you can go oh, to yeah. CelebrateOutreach.org. Well, I think what you're doing is tremendous in that you are already serving over 31,000 meals um, annually. That's quite impressive for a, for a startup organization that is uh, not quite, well, you're on the corner of 10 years old. So that's you know, good for you um, for your commitment in that way. Well, it's, uh, it's all about the – a lot of the folks are really committed. Uh, we have volunteers that are – it's just incredible, their commitment to come out on a hot Friday night and and serve a meal. Uh, it's a picnic style at the, the Unitarian Universalist Church uh, on, on 100 Merrill Lake, and Everybody prepares a dish to share, and um, it's as far as the reviews we get from our uh, clients. It's some of the best best food you'll get anywhere in town. It's made with love, so that that helps a lot. That is a that is a big ingredient, yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, many of us, uh, which you know, have asked ourselves, why is it that we can't make the cake? cake the way the grandmother did. It, it's a whole different energy that 
that goes into it. So when love is the vibration. Um, Reggie, how long have you been with the organization? I, I've been with it since its inception um, back in 2007. Well, well, that being said, are you uh, more encouraged um, by the, the changes, uh, the, the ripple effect that your organization has, has made? I mean, are, are you one of those people that, yes, the mission is bigger and it's broader, but you can feel some measurables along the way? Well, I think we're we're on a good course right now. It it wanes and waxes over the years, um, but as I mentioned before, the primary mission to end homelessness would be to create homes, and we're we're making some inroads on that, um, be it small. But we're hoping that once we get these initial uh, homes started, that uh, and we're, we're developing business plans to keep it sustainable we will be able to uh, continue to offer this um, going forward. It's, it's not a, an immediate huge solution, but it's, it's a, a tremendous start. It also uh, it helps uh, to be able to educate people about um, what, the, you know, what the process is and so forth. So we're getting a lot, of, a lot more buy-in with this than perhaps you would with a, a mega low-income housing development and so forth. So we're looking forward to expanding that program. Again, it's a small grassroots organization that has the only res- our primary resource is human resources, and uh, we don't have uh, a lot of uh, funds outside of uh, what's donated. So um, that limits your ability to do things as quickly as we'd like sometimes. And with a changing landscape of homelessness, and it changes a lot depending on the political pressures and so forth, sometimes we have our hands full just um, dealing with some of those political pressures and the criminalization of homelessness, which is becoming more and more of an issue. So as I said, it's, it depends it depends on how you look at it. But I think we're making some progress but uh, as, as a, an organization, but the, the problem is getting bigger. So, so we need, need more people on board to help help address the, the overall problem. And I, I feel that um, just from my own uh, perspective of things that, that often um, people are, are so aware of there's so many needs in our communities and, you know, in the USA or, or globally as well, for sure. And that, but that information alone is at times so overwhelming that in the overwhelmingness, instead of picking something, they tend to do nothing. Now, I know that sounds like a judgment, but just through the years of people I've spoken to, you know, that go, God, there's so much to be done, and there's so many things, and there's the animals, and there's the people, and there's the elderly, and there's this and that. And I actually wrote a book called The Right to Be You, which includes the honoring of everybody deserves a home. I don't know if you're aware of that, but um, that perspective is that if everybody could just pick something, um, here at First Unity Campus, we have um, animal 
uh, rescue teams bring in pets every week and they bring them to our campus. And within uh, over two years, we've adopted 220-something animals out uh, to home. So if what you're saying, if people can just break it up a little bit, there's a lot of people that can give one Friday evening. Um, there's some people that can't give a Friday evening, but they have some money. Um, it's amazing what a few people with just sending in $10 can do, you know, towards making a change. How much does one of the tiny homes cost? The construction costs are in the area of thirty five to forty thousand dollars and then in addition we would have the lot costs on top of that the lots we're getting are uh, hopefully be surplus city lots and they range anywhere from five to ten thousand dollars we have done some some discussions with the cities uh the city um perhaps they would be willing to um, reduce some of the fees on purchasing a lot because it costs them money to maintain them and uh, they're interested in, there has been some interest uh, in assisting our program. So we now have raised, we have not built the first home, but um, we have uh, pretty much permit-ready drawings. That was a result of a, a two-semester course at USF Tampa School of Architecture. The students uh, got together and uh, I think there were 16 students in the first class, and they all they were charged with coming up with a design that met the criteria, which is under a certain amount of square footage, would have to be um, easy to construct and materials, sustainable materials and accessible materials. It would also have to take into effect that these were going to be veterans that uh, might be suffering some of the mental and physical consequences of the war. So the, all these aspects uh, were taken into a, account, and the students were charged with the first semester of developing these homes. Out of those uh, 16 or so students, I think they generated around 12 12 prototypes, we then judged them at, uh, at the end of the semester, and then the next semester course, uh, everybody teamed up, and they uh, worked on getting just four designs out. So we now, we have four designs that are um, the ones that we'd like to go forward with. Uh, and one in particular, like I mentioned, is, is permit ready. We have a, a pro bono architect that we're working with. And, uh, we have pro bono, uh, general contractor. That's myself. So, um, we've got a lot of the elements in place. Uh, we've raised through, uh, fundraisers. We had a, a pig roast. The, uh, professor at, uh, USF. School of Architecture, Jose Robos is a 
uh, comes from Puerto Rico, and uh, we thought we'd have a uh, one of their traditional meals, which is uh, so we ha- we had a big Puerto Rican pig roast, which some of the vegetarians in the world weren't happy with, but but it was it was in honoring the, the his heritage and uh, his work, and and we also raised you know a couple thousand dollars to go forward, as well as uh, other churches have uh, have donated money and uh, we continue to have have fundraisers so i think we're at uh around i think we're halfway there around fifteen thousand, somewhere in that neighborhood right now uh we'll be having uh, i think another fundraiser at hamburger mary's uh, that's um, another way that we've been able to raise some money and I'm sure there'll be some other other ideas coming forward as we develop uh, finish up our business plan. Here is your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. Well, I um, it's very impressive what what you're taking on and, and what you're doing. I mean, it's just really really powerful um, for sure. Um, so when you are going into areas, um, do you go? Um, actually go out into like Williams Park and um, other communities where there are homeless and do you tell them what you're about, what you're doing? Uh, Are people coming to you? Are we just talking about homelessness in its severity where people literally, they don't have a home at all? Are you involved in like what we call transitional homeless where people with just a bit of a boost and some, um, you know, uh, energy and people helping them can get to the next level. Because we're talking about the one word homelessness. Um, I want to really tune into that and um, just make sure that we're all on the same page. And we have people listening uh, from all over the country and we've, and other countries, too. Um, we have someone joining us from Norway. And as we know, homelessness is a global issue. It's a global issue. And, you know, um, I heard someone say one time, Reggie, that uh, we don't have a, um, we don't have a uh, financial problem uh, in our society. We have a distribution problem. You know, we have plenty enough. It just needs to be dispersed uh, much differently uh, than it is. Um, so what level of homelessness, when you talk about someone that is homeless, how are, who are we talking about so that we all see the same picture? Well, it's, it's quite, quite a varied population. Um, Certainly, there's what you might call the, the chronic homeless, which have come accustomed to living on the street and uh, are, com- are as comfortable as you can be within that, and have maybe have some substance abuse. Uh, there's there's others that, due to mental illness, um, they're they maybe get a check, but uh, it's not enough to get them get them through the month. Uh, there's there's a number of people that do get some some revenue. Again, because of lack of housing, uh, affordable housing, they have no choice but uh, to live on the street. There's others that, uh, through 
physical um, problems, uh, health problems, are not able to sustain a job, and so it's really quite a gamut of of folks that uh, pretty much across cross section of, of society. When you get down to it, our ability to to help is somewhat limited, but a lot of folks know who we are and where we are. The the uh, Saturday morning breakfast is is quite popular. It serves about 250 people every Saturday morning. They uh, they call it at the Elevator Church, which is a Trinity Lutheran Church on Fifth um, Street in uh, St. Petersburg. And that's where we have our meetings. And we're able to um, help render some aid. For instance, uh, a fellow might come in, and he's got a job on Monday, and uh, but he needs a pair of pants and work boots and maybe a hard hat in order to, to even be able to work. So that's something that we can, we can get together, pass a hat, or see what we have in reserves and uh, be able to supply that kind of thing for him. Uh, likewise, maybe someone just needs a couple of nights uh, in a in a motel uh, where we've been able to help with with that until their uh, emergency housing kicks in. Uh, there's an, a number of different ways we can help on a on a small small way that makes a huge difference. Um, bus passes is another thing we used are able to to do. Also, we're able to help with information. Sometimes folks are just overwhelmed with the, being able to access some of the help that's available, and it's so dispersed. There are agencies all over town, so to to get to the in the right direction can be kind of a daunting process. So we've had people that have are kind of navigators and help help folks navigate the the various resources that are available to get uh, to get them back on their feet. So often it's a, a the homeless population and it's it's temporary um but it it can very easily become permanent but there there's homeless folks that I know of that uh that ten twenty years they've been homeless and uh it's it's really no way to live and you, you know you talked a little bit about the addiction problem and I'm sensitive to that i'm twenty five years in recovery myself. Uh, which is part of what motivates me for the to into some of this work. But um, if you're lying down on a on a cold piece of concrete at night, it's understandable how you might turn to something to get a little bit of relief. And uh, so the the addiction thing, I think there's a lot of folks that perhaps wouldn't wouldn't be as as involved with with drugs and and alcohol if they had had a better life life situation. And if they could just feel every now and then that they that they matter, that validation part of it, which is key to what your organization has offered. Do you have a, a story or two that comes to mind of some people that you've met that their their lives are different or they've they've changed and you may not want to say names, but just if there was a man you met or a woman you ran into or whatever, that, you know, when when times feel challenging, it feels like there's so much to do that you grab hold of those sacred stories and it keeps your vision alive? Well, 
Unfortunately, some of the more memorable stories are the sad ones. Uh, yeah, there are there are many folks that uh, have been been able to um, get themselves out of homelessness uh, through a little bit of assistance, a little bit of help from us. Um, I know one fellow who's uh, used to come and see us uh, for a number of years. He started with uh, doing scrap metaling and uh, eventually got enough money together so he was able to to uh, get a get a vehicle and and he has a lawn business now. Um, that's one of the more positive things. Some of the folks too that that we see and we help them maybe with that pair of boots or a hard hat or um, we're not at apt to see them again because once they they get elevated out of homelessness um they don't always always return you know they might return and, and give us a quick thanks we don't do a lot of follow-up on on those kind of stories uh but, you know perhaps we should but more often the story is uh, is how how people uh die on the streets really that we'll we'll be seeing them every every week for many many weeks and and years and eventually for whatever reason um, hit by a car or um, assaulted or um, OD'd or drowned uh, it goes on and on we we also have the uh, uh, celebrate outreaches sponsors the. Um, Homeless Persons Memorial Service that's held, uh, and that's a national initi- initiative, but it's held every, uh, as close to the solstice as, as we, the winter solstice as we can get on the 21st. And we have a service, uh, typically at Trinity Lutheran, uh, honoring those who have died and on the streets and in homelessness. And uh, last year, the the ones we were able to document, I think it was uh, over, over 50 people that that uh, we uh, remembered at our memorial service uh, in, in last December. So it's uh, yeah, it's a sobering, sobering experience. Yeah, absolutely. And what's uh, really um, touching me is also the number of churches that are. Uh, involved in downtown St. Petersburg. And after this uh, interview today, um, I'm very confident that we are going to be one of those two, though we are definitely many blocks from downtown, but that doesn't, we can all drive and we can get there. And I've got a couple of ideas that I want to uh, run by your organization with some of our team leaders here, uh, because we are really raising our bar in uh, 2018. Uh, to be more out on the streets. And there's so many um, people that are listening today that we're all feeling the same. We've, we've talked about uh, improving our world uh, long enough. We've talked about, you know, that things need to be different. But um, And I'm, I'm not discounting. Um, many of us are doing things in, um, in fractional ways to impact society and impact our cities and and, and model to other organizations in the world. But for organizations like yours um, and those of you that are listening, you know, remember if we all do some small things, you know, 
we do some small things, uh, then nobody really has to do big things. And that's what it's all about. And um, an organization like yours, Reggie, is that, you know, people don't have to go out and create their own. Uh, we say that all the time. Pick an organization that's already doing the kind of things that you really feel good about or you have a passion about and get involved in, in some way or, or another. So um, I, we were very excited about having you on. The executive producer, Andrea Dudley, was excited about having you on because we're very committed to um, having these conversations um, for us to really thrive spiritually we, we want to realize if it's happening to those people over there, it's happening to us. If it's happening downtown, it's happening uptown. It's happening in my inner town. You know, so it's just, it, we really all want to raise our bar collectively and um, be out there doing things as, as part of the change. Life has to be so much more than, you know, career or you know, um, the materialism and, you know, those kind of things. So anyway, I'm just, uh, yeah, um, Bandana and I are going to start calling the uh, the need to address homelessness as the inner town. How's that? Do you like that, Reggie? <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. <laughs> Getting in touch with the inner town. I think I'm going to use that. It just, it just came out. But that is really, uh, it's... Um, and, and that's what really kind of jolted me when I was in, in New York is um, I just happened, it's not, I mean, homelessness is everywhere, so I'm, I'm really not picking on New York. I think it's just the fact it could have been anywhere, but I just happened to be out of my city. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's what happens is we tend to live in our cities. We go down certain roads and certain streets not intentionally avoiding anything, for goodness sakes, but we just get into habits of how we live. And while all along there's a whole other world going by, I do think that's why we do such a disservice to animals. It's because they're tucked away, they're put away, as somewhere where we can't see them. I think we need to see some of the issues because we can't deny them. And it was very visual to me when I was away that, my gosh, it's just really time that everybody start doing something. It's, it's, it's unacceptable that we live in, in a world and we're all into self-help and, you know, overcoming addiction and everything else, that we can, on the collective, solve these issues. It's ridiculous that we haven't already, but we can. That's the good news is that we can. Sorry, I get on my uh, my soapbox. <laughs> no, I I agree. The uh, yeah, in the, in the land of plenty that we are, it's amazing to me that so many people are without, and uh, it would be so simple simple to alleviate that that problem uh, if people would be more participatory in what the plight of their neighbors. Um, I, I did want to mention, too, that um, as far as the organization being faith-based, and um, it's been really a, a great experience for me because I'm a Unitarian Universalist, and uh, I operated for many years uh, within the social justice of our church, our social justice outreach, um, 
and in in a vacuum, and uh, uh, with the benefit of an organization like Celebrate Outreach, folks can combine their efforts and um, really make a difference. Yes, and it can be the the small things that lead to big things as well. You know, no no doubt about it. I mean, I'm thinking of, you know, in St. Petersburg alone, how many uh, thrift stores we have. Um, the overage coming to your organization, I'm sure you've already set up that in a lot of a lot of different ways, but there's so many different ways that that people who have plenty can can uh, do less, not have as much, and move it forward. That would make all the difference uh, to that particular person who is receiving, you know, those gifts and those those blessings. So I just really um, was thrilled to know you were going to be on the show. I want to remind everybody to go to the website, CelebrateOutreach.org. I love your your powerful mission statement. I I can see that, you know, that's what it is going to take, is to really say, no more. It's time for this to end. Not just put a Band-Aid on it. It's really time to eliminate it altogether. Yeah, And, and go to the root cause, which is lack of houses. So... So for for those of you uh, of all of the people that are listening into you, listening, um, making that connection with you, why is this? Um, I know it's understood, but I just want to hear you say it. Um, why does this matter to you? Why does well, this matter I, to you? <laughs> you don't you don't have to look too far really to see how mistreated and marginalized people are just for the backpack that they're carrying or the their, their status. Their pockets are empty, and therefore they are less than human. And uh, that doesn't really resonate well with me. So, uh, um, you know, if, if there's a way I can, can step in and, and uh, uh, show that, that I have maybe a little bit of understanding and uh, and caring and some empathy and compassion. Uh, that goes a long ways. Uh, a lot of the folks that uh, that we come in contact with, just just having someone treat them like a human being is is tremendous. Um, so it's just humanizing the whole thing for me. I think is the primary primary push. And thank you, Reggie. I I can really feel that in in your heart. Um, What has happened that the numbers have continued to go up? Now, I know we've addressed that it makes a difference politically. Um, It makes a difference with supply and demand, and uh, obviously our market here has you know, doubled and tripled, and, you know, we get all that. But is it the denial and avoidance of the issue? Um, I mean, I, you don't ever read in the paper that we're overhelped <laughs> in certain departments. No. You know, we don't, you don't ever read, please stop giving to the pet shelters 
and food and donations because we have too many. Uh, please stop, you know, helping um, celebrate outreach because, you know, they have more money than they need. I mean, you don't ever hear that. It's always the, can somebody just do something? I mean, are we just becoming numb? And I'm, I know I'm asking you your opinion and I'm having mine and, and we're the two people on the show and we can. I know we're not speaking for everyone, but in your own assessment, what is it? Are, are we just becoming a, a, a numb, non-feeling? Um, I'm talking masses, not on the collective. I'm certainly not addressing the people on the show that are always committed to excellence. What is, what is it going on? Well, in, in a larger sense, I, I don't know. It, as as unchecked materialism goes forward and, and that becomes the important thing, I would think the natural consequence of that would be you wouldn't wouldn't have interest in uh, your you would tend to have less compassion uh, I, just because your your values are elsewhere. Specifically in St. Pete, though, it's the gentrification. And uh, we used to have all kinds of little rooming houses, and there were trailer parks and so forth. That It wasn't great housing, but it was adequate, and that's gone. So it's a, a really brick-and-mortar problem in, in a lot of respects, and, and also how we address it. It's my understanding that, that Tampa has kind of turned the corner, and their, their numbers are starting to drop. So we're... We're starting to look look to them a little bit and try to try to find out what they're doing to to have uh, some some better uh, or less less homeless in appearance anyway. So, and for those of you that are tuning in, I would love to hear your comments. And if you're listening to the show later, I'm very interested in hearing your comments. Um, and please put them on Facebook Live. You can also uh, write to me from templehays.com. I'd love to hear some of your ideas of what some simple solutions could be that could be profound and make a difference. Obviously, in addition to that, you can go on celebrateoutreach.org. Um, and I, I'm just aware, um, as we're doing live time right now, uh, Reggie, of how important it is for all of us to hold in our energy and in our prayer work about all the homeless right now, uh, temporary and long-term, in um, in Houston, various areas of Texas, Corpus Christi, Rockport, um, also Louisiana. We definitely um, see a lot of things happening in that regard because um, there are so many people without, without homes now. It's uh, tremendous what your organization is doing for the people that are local or within driving distance that get excited and feel moved by this show and they want to help you right now. What's the first thing they can do? Well, they can contact us uh, uh, through the, the Infonet or they're welcome even to show up for our board meeting, which is held the first, I mean, I'm sorry, the second Saturday at 1030 at uh Trinity Lutheran in uh, downtown uh, St. Pete. That's 401 Fifth Street. Uh, we're happy to have other faith-based groups, or even if you're an individual uh, that's interested in getting involved, uh, that would be a great way to find out more about us. 
we're always looking for more human resources. We need people desperately that can that that understand social media and web design and so forth. So there's what we tend to do is try to have an opening for for people that get involved to bring their talents with us, so uh, we can expand our our operation in that that way as well. And I also want to encourage our listeners that when it comes to the um, promotional aspects of social media and those kind of things, you don't have to live local in order to do that. It's the simple thing of, you know, attending a meeting via Zoom or, you know, through Skype or we definitely are a, a connected universe now. So there's many other areas to play and, and to help. And um, the phone number there, uh, Reggie, can you give that to me as well? We can put it in the comment section. Uh, I don't have it right in front of me right now. I'll have to, give me a second. I'll get it for you. Um, it's, I may uh, lose you. My, my battery is going dead on my phone here. Okay. We're, we're yeah. pretty much coming to a close, but it's 727-327-3160. That's seven two seven three two seven three one six zero. I urge all of you to share the show with uh, your friends and with your family and with your connection because um, we need to have these conversations of homelessness uh, up front and center. Uh, we all can do a little fraction more than what we're doing already, and I think that's by urging to all of you as intentional spirits, uh, no one's asking you know you to start giving every day of your life towards the cause. We're just asking you to consider to do two or three simple things towards making a difference. Because if two or three people are doing two or three simple things, then you already have a big idea that is already wanting to manifest and surface itself. Um, Reggie, I applaud you. Uh, I want to thank you, Reggie Craig, for being yeah. on our show today. I want to remind everybody to go to CelebrateOutreach.org, and you will be hearing from us at First Unity Spiritual Campus. God bless you on this amazing journey that we call life. And I want to thank all of you for uh, being part of this show. You are the reason that we're featured all over the world. I really appreciate you, I admire you, and I honor the work that we all do together. God bless you, everyone. Thank you for being with us. I do have one correction before I sign off here. Uh, The phone number is 727-362-4737. Oh, well, that's important. Did we give them your home phone number? (laughs) Yeah, that was was the home phone number. (laughs) Okay, Uh, thank you. Anna, let's put in a new number. The correct number is, say it again, Reggie, 727. Yeah, 362-4737. 362-4737. Yes, and it's, uh, also you can reach us, uh, email concrete solutions at celebrateoutreach.org. Concrete solutions at celebrateoutreach.org. All right. I believe we got it right this time. Yeah, I know. Okay. We don't want everybody calling you at home, Reggie. <laughs> might, might be the most effective way, but it might uh, might tie up some of the 
home fires. Thank you so much for having us today, and we look forward to uh, getting together and, and working on these issues. Absolutely, and thank you so much. And keep keep that dream, okay? Keep it alive. Okay, for sure. Yes. Yes. Thanks, thanks again. All right. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you for tuning into The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. Join us every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central for tools and simple applications which will support you from being alive to fully living. This program is brought to you in part by First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida. To learn more about this ministry, go to www.unitycampus.org or www.templehaze.org. Spirit of Recovery is the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth. Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., interviews down-to-earth guests who share with you how they keep going and growing in recovery. Spirit of Recovery is the place to get practical tips and join in lively discussions on topics that matter to recovering people. This program welcomes everyone who wants to know more about recovery. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time on Spirit of Recovery, where we talk about what keeps you growing. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Dorothy Day, a co-founder of the Catholic Worker Movement in America, called for not a revolution of arms, but a revolution of the heart, Since the beginning of our nation, the American Revolutionary War, and long before that actually, there's not been a time without conflict somewhere in the world. Makes you stop and think, doesn't it? Certainly we live in challenging times. Each day brings seemingly limitless opportunities to take offense. And each opportunity offers me a choice. I can give a knee-jerk response in fear or anger, or I can choose consciously to respond in love. My choice may seem insignificant, After all, I'm only one person. But as history has taught us, one person can make a difference. Peace can begin with me. To find a Unity Church near you, please visit our website at www.unity.org. Have you ever considered that everything you think, say, and do is a prayer to the universe? What would your life be like if you activated the power of yes? Join Reverend Beverly Molander and her exciting guests on Affirmative Prayer, Activating the Power of Yes, to find out how they activated the power of yes in their lives, their communities, or even the world. If they can do it, you can too. 
Listen to Beverly Molander and her guests live every Monday at noon central, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Affirmative Prayer, activating the power of yes. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Understand the laws of the universe and live a life based on these profound and unwavering truths, then your dream life starts today. No more waiting, no more wandering. If you're ready to let go of the striving and move into the allowing, you are ready for everyday attraction on Unity Online Radio. We study the teaching of Abraham given to us by beautiful Esther Hicks so we can release confusion for clarity, exchange struggle for serenity, and have the time of our lives today. Join host Ray Zander every Friday at noon Central Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Unity Online Radio for Everyday Attraction, where the law of attraction gets real. Like life, grief is a journey, not a destination. Whether it is loss of life, relationship, security, or simply the process of change, have you given yourself permission to begin your journey of grief? Have you yielded to the gift of grace? Join Reverend Chaz Wesley every Thursday at 5 p.m. Central on a virtual navigation from grief to grace. And explore new horizons of empowerment, significance, and support. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Ever notice how the funniest things happen when we stop taking ourselves too seriously and step out boldly? Listen to Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed as these unlikely saints administer a refreshing dose of laughter and love that will inspire you to step out boldly and experience the funniest things. Join the discussion with Daryl and Ed live every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Central Time on Funniest Thing, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. This is Reverend Ellen Devonport at Unity Village. Unity is supporting our friends who are dealing with the aftermath of Hurricane Harvey. Unity of Houston has offered to be a clearinghouse for donations that it will use to help others in the area. Or you could give to the Red Cross or other agencies, or just Google Harvey How to Help. But the most powerful thing you can do is to pray. Call Silent Unity 24-7 at 1-800-NOW-PRAY or go online to unity.org. We are all one, and we will get through this together.
I'm Michelle Phillips, a celebrity makeup artist, beauty expert, self-confidence coach, and Hay House author. My podcast, Beauty and Beyond, is the place for women navigating the challenges of the aging process. Listen in for my professional advice, as well as my expert guests, as we share valuable tips, practical tools, and empowering resources to help you not only look amazing, but also live an amazing life. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and available wherever you get your podcasts.